What's good? What's good, Bracago? This is Khalif here. This is the Spawn of Me podcast. This is episode 310 of our show. Thank you so much for coming through tonight and coming through this week and every week. We had a fantastic show last week. If you did not get a chance to check that out, make sure you're checking out the VODs. Make sure you're checking out everything on every podcast platform here on Twitch and in X-Ray land if you are in Portland in the Pacific Northwest where we are rocking there as well. First of all, it's a wonderful day. I had a really good day today. I had a lot of fun things happen. None of them that I can talk about because they're all under NDA, but <laughs> but it was really cool to be able to be participating in a lot of that stuff and getting a chance to hang out with so many wonderful folks and uh, getting a chance to see some things that uh, you'll hear about soon uh, in the world once I'm able to talk about those things in real ways. Um, again, thank you for coming through, being so sweet on social media this week, because this week has been madness in terms of just energies in the world. But it's been really good to be able to have so many dope folks in Chicago come through and, uh, and spread some love and, and, and give some love to me and the rest of the folks in the world. So this week, I'm really excited because we have a fantastic guest, someone who, you know, I've been trying to get on the show for at least a week, <laughs> for at least a week, uh, because we talked about it last week and we were like, we should do that. We should make that become a thing that we actually do and, and, and make it happen. Um, I met this gentleman on the Internet, as you do, but also we got a chance to meet uh, at TwitchCon because he came through to the Swan Me live show, which was super sweet and amazingly Amazingly nice. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Taylor from Marketing for Creators. Shout out to Taylor. What's good, sir? How are you doing? I hope that everything is well with you. Wow, look at that little animation you got there. That's phenomenal. Uh, Thank you so much for having me here. Now, I'm going to say this, um, and I hope I'm not um, making any enemies here. I could be... uh, I think maybe top 100 sexiest people ever on this show. So I'm sorry to number 101, but number 99, I'm coming for you. I mean, well, the thing is, like, first of all, if you were not following us on social media, you should be because that's unreasonable. And how the hell did you find us? Um, But you saw Taylor's wonderful, gorgeous headshot that he had up. uh, Giant forehead that he shared. Oh, no. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, sorry, the, the, the good headshot, not the one I posted on Twitter where it's just me with my forehead, like, forward towards the lens. No, it's totally fine. I mean, if, if people were to see me without my makeup, then they would just be horrified, not, not really excited about <laughs> any of the things in the world that I'm putting out there. But it was really, really cool to be able to see a lot of folks really excited about you being on. And I had a couple of folks hit me up behind the scenes who were like, hey... I have no idea what I'm doing. Maybe this is a show that I need to definitely check out and make sure that we're having a conversation about because I need to get my game together. So I feel um, good about that. Yeah, I'm excited about that for sure. I'm really hyped about that. So uh, one of the things that I constantly uh, get messages about and, and conversations about in terms of, you know, how did we get to whatever level we've gotten to on on the internets and in the world is, you know, I have some content. I want to showcase that stuff off. Um, I'm trying to figure out better ways to do that work. I know that I fought my way through years of sludge trying to figure out how to make any of the stuff work for me and for what we're doing over here at Spawn on Me. I know that you have been sharing out great information on your Twitch channel about how to be able to do some of that work for folks in the world. But the question I really want to know is, how do you start that process? Where did you start the process of kind of digging through the information and compiling it and, and giving it uh, to all the other folks who are out in the world today? You know, I, I, the, the interesting thing is like you want to you want to put art out into the world. I mean, this is art. This is this is creation. And you want to put this stuff out in the world and you go, OK, I like this thing. I hope you like this thing. But the hard part is there's a billion things. Right. So the question is, how do you put something out into the world? And so somebody goes, okay, I know what I am. I know what I do. I create content for people who like cool stuff. And mm. it's like, okay, now you're serving everyone, right? Right. 
what you have to get to at some point is going, who are the specific people you're talking to and where are they? Mm -hmm. And you can then go get them and create messaging for them. So like, I am a fan. Okay, so here's something really weird about me, but I love oyster crackers. They're uh, buttery and salty and crunchy and delicious. That's a very niche audience, right? <laughs> but if I go out into the world and I say, hey, you know what you like? You like crunchy, salty things. And that's like this much stuff, which is very wide. I'm holding my hands up to the camera if you're hearing this on audio. But if I go, I'm talking only to fans of oyster crackers. Right. That's a very specific audience of people. And I can talk about that experience and people are going to be drawn to that. So when you're starting to create this stuff, you have to put yourself not just in the shoes as a creator, but also in the shoes of the person who's digesting it. Mm. And understanding what that mindset is and what the journey is to get to your content. Yeah. Um, so, like, for you, um, if if you are doing uh, content where you're highlighting uh, people of color in the gaming industry, uh, where are those people online and how can you present your message to them as opposed to, I'm just going to try to go everywhere. Right. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the things where, you know, we have learned some of those trip, trip, uh, trip, I can't talk today. (laughs) We've learned some of those tips and tricks through repetition, through kind of learning the process, through kind of going through, you know, the the process of of succeeding and failing. But I guess the the other question I want to know is, you don't just do that stuff overnight. Right. It's not a thing that in terms of not only getting it right or getting it wrong, but being able to have figured out strategies that you um, have been able to to kind of get together and use not only for yourself, but for other people. I guess the first I guess the other question would be, you know, were you already just creating content in that space or in this space or were you, you know, your former life, as most people have one or two or many uh, being able to kind of dig into what that was that gave you and propelled you to say, this is the thing that I'm good at. This is the thing that I'm curious about. What was that kind of process like? So I started my professional career uh, in a Broadway show. I was a performer for seven years on the road and on Broadway. And during that time, I had always kind of kept up my computer programming and my tech skills. Um, and I tried to release an e-product and I put a lot of work into it and I created it and it was a guide on how to get on Broadway. And I released it out of the world and I sold like eight copies. Huh. And nothing else. Huh. And I was like, this is, but this is good content. Why don't people like it? Yeah. And as I started to grow and understand, it came down to learning something called, and and by the way, before I get to this thing that I learned, I want to say this. Yeah. Um, is it's taken me about eight or nine years to get to the point where I go, ah, this is the message that I'm passionate about and I want to put out into the world. And I've vacillated, vacillate the right world? I've vacillated. Yes. And, and, and vibrated through different ideas until coming here and going, yes, this is what I want to talk about forever. So... Going back to the point I was trying to make is I learned what is, I picked up a book about copywriting yeah, and I started learning about funnels and this is where people will either get turned off or turned on um, depending on uh, what your thing is. Um, (laughs) Hey funnels. Yeah, right. Um, But the basic way of thinking about a funnel is like these three fingers that I've been holding up for a little while is discovery, engagement, and then conversion is how does somebody find you? How do they engage and connect with you? And then how do they convert, which is whether they give you a follow or they buy something. And every step, you're going to have less and less people Mm. until you get to the bottom, right? So you think, okay, I got 100 people here. And then from the 100 people who engage with something that I put out in the world on Twitter or whatever, 50% hit follow. And then from those 50% of people who hit follow... 20% go out to some link that I post there, right? Sure. So, in order to get this number here down at the bottom bigger, I have to get the top wider with more people. Right, right. And try to make that, you know, 
narrowing of people bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can track and do all that stuff. So I started really digging into discovery and engagement and or and and like I read stuff and I, I watched videos and and so now I'm at a place where I'm I'm trying to go go back into my past and go, what did I need at that time? Mm. And it's this, you know, as I sell myself on this is going, it's, it's understanding the basic tenets of how does somebody find you? How do you get into their shoes and serve them what they want at the right time? Yeah. I, I know that when we started doing Spawn on Me, the first thing that any podcast or any content creator for that matter is looking to do is to get everything out of the door, right? It's like, make sure that you have as much stuff as possible that you can spread as far and wide as possible uh, to distribute across everything all at once. What are some of the kind of early uh, steps that you took once you, you know, you put in that work for those eight or nine years, what yeah. were some of the first steps that you kind of, uh, had your aha moment when you were like, oh, I have figured out that this thing that I conceived in my mind or had other people help me to, to, to kind of formulate was a thing that I wanted to use for myself uh, for making the content that I wanted to put out into the world and getting seen and getting exposure. Yeah. You know, as I as I kind of hit that big failure in the beginning, I was like, what? How are these people, you know, creating clickbait, clickbait, and how are these people bringing in numbers when they seem really shysty? Yeah, and and yet they still have hundreds and thousands and millions of followers when their messaging feels so slimy. Yeah, and and so it's like there's there's um yeah, I've gone through cognitive behavioral therapy, and and part of that is and also like I, you know in performance stuff is trying to push your boundaries out so that the middle becomes more comfortable. Mm. And so I learned the good with the bad and saw the um, the good kind of marketing of how you tell your story and make your story snackable and understandable for people. Mm. And then also what are called dark patterns of how to manipulate people <laughs> in a marketing way. Yeah. And by kind of learning those things, I went, okay, I, this works for me. I like this. I don't like this. And and understanding not necessarily that, okay, this is a dark tactic, mm. but but how can you turn that around and make it a, a good tactic? So, mm. for example, some of these buttons, they, they say, um, uh, do you really want to unsubscribe? Or, or like, uh, <laughs> yeah. click here to get 10% off. And then right underneath in really, really light text is like, cancel. Right. And, and, and the visual part, it's it's a dark pattern, is the visual point is going, click this big, bright, shiny thing, but don't look at this little, you know, this little gray thing at the bottom. And and what I took from that is you have to make it easy to get people to the thing that you want. And my component of to take it out of the darkness is going... I want to tell the story of why this is important and why you may need this. And I don't want to use tricks or magic or um, things that are going to deceive you to mm. get you to the point where you take action. Yeah. Um, I want to, you know, just as the performer in me says, I want to create enough emotion and heat in your heart that you're going to give me a follow. You're going to watch my content. You're going to do that. Um, and, and so that means not only do you have to think about how am I making this content available in a very easy, frictionless way, but mm. also once I get past that part, how, once I get someone through the door, like I, example, hypothetically, I make this store and the storefront is amazing and there's lights outside and there's dancers and there's fireworks and there's <laughs> lights. And then you get to the door and you go inside and it's dark and there's one drink on the menu. It's cactus cooler and, you know, there's bad music and it smells bad. And it's like every step has to keep creating passion in your audience for the things that you're doing and the congruence every step of the way um, is is connected. Yeah. Um, and so that means you have to go back 
to your content and go, is my content really serving the audience that I want to cultivate? Mm. And then how do I say, okay, now I'm going to go get that audience. And it's this constant loop that you're always testing and figuring out and trying. Um, and, and like you said, it's never one time where you're, you're, you're going, okay, first episode, I have to get everything perfect and boom, explodes. Yeah. It's immediately perfect. Yeah. You're building the snowball and bringing followers and bringing evangelists and, and, and building it out. Um, uh, you, viral moments are very hard and very rare. Mm. It's easier to get yards on the field and get a first down mm. than it is to try and throw a long bomb every single time. You know, you lost like 92% of my audience because you said a sports analogy. Whoa! <laughs> no, I don't watch joking. football. I watch pro wrestling. How about that? Oh, so when you get someone to the top the top turnbuckle, yes. you have to at least walk those extra steps to get to that top turnbuckle before That's you can right. Listen, hit them with the superplex. Can't always do, you can't always do a superplex. Sometimes you got to throw a potato. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. And just don't mm -hmm. choke on a mandible claw. But that's a whole yeah, other that's conversation. Right, exactly. Um, one of the things that I loved hearing you just talk about is the compounded success, right? It's like yep. you start at a certain point, you, you know, everyone starts from nothing at some point. Everyone starts with no followers. Everyone starts with no, no heat, no buzz. When you start to then get some of that um, following and you start to grow an audience, I think a lot of people feel like they can just kind of rest on their laurels and, and, and not necessarily keep pushing. What's the, what's the conversation like when folks are talking and, and, and um, coming to your content when they've already kind of established a, a, you know, a small audience to be able to kind of talk to them? Yeah. You know, what are some of the pain points that you hear from folks when, you know, they've gotten to a point of stagnation or they've gotten to a point of, you know, they feel like they should be getting more love than they than they are. What, what are you kind of telling folks to kind of help them kind of see the next step that they should be taking? You know, at the end of the day, once again, I'm going to come back to this funnel concept yeah. is there's this idea of churn is that there's always going to be or hopefully there's always going to be new people coming into the top of the funnel and people who are going to leave through the bottom. And you're always going to get new people and you're always going to get people who unfollow. Mm -hmm. um, it's like. Uh, uh, you know, on Twitter, it's like, don't, don't follow, then unfollow. It's like, <laughs> that's the cycle, right? And so, your objective is, is as people go through this transient middle, yeah. is to keep your top of funnel or your discovery fresh. I think mm. what happens is people go, okay, I have a little bit of an audience. I'm done. My audience is going to do all the discovery for me. You have to, and this is a sales concept, is you have to always be prospecting for new leads and new people to enter the funnel. And, and so, you know, if you're, if you're a ninja or you are um, Phil DeFranco or something, at some point, your audience is going to age out and move away. Mm -hmm. So, who are, the people are gonna, who are the people that are going to replace those old people? Mm. And your audience might do the work for you. If they do, you're very lucky and you have a very <laughs> passionate audience. Yeah. You may also have an audience that goes, okay, I'm good. And then doesn't tell anybody else. And then you have to go back and read. It's like, you know, you see people who are in a few movies and then you go, God, they haven't been around for like five, six years. What's going on? And it's like, there's that moment of like, ah, I made it. And here's the honest truth. You have never made it. You're Ooh. always trying to fight for the next thing. So, Ooh. you got to keep your mind on two different audiences is who are people who know you and who are people who are meeting you for the first time. And the more content that you can have that serves both audiences, uh. the more people you're going to have coming through that funnel. Now, I'm not saying you have to always have uh, content that feeds both audiences, but you should have a lot of it so that when somebody shares something of yours because they like what you have and then it's shared with somebody who hasn't seen you for the first time, what is their experience with that? Once yeah. again, it's getting back into the, into the head of your audience. Well, I'm getting really passionate here. It's getting <laughs> into the head of your audience and going, how do they feel and how do they think and how do I reach them? I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I constantly have in my brain is because we have a... 
like I love I love every Bricago resident that we've ever had folks who have stayed folks who have been there from the beginning folks who are coming into coming into the fold today thank you for everybody coming through mm-hmm. um but it's been one of those things where our our audience is very quiet right they're very yeah. um passionate about you know diversity and inclusion and conversations around those things but it's um sometimes a struggle sometimes to say I want to hear you in other ways that are not just in the chat or, you know, in, you know, putting out a review for us on, on iTunes or whatever. Um, I want to interact with you more and I'm trying to figure out good ways to do that. When you have, you know, different kinds of audiences that you're also trying to cultivate and also trying to kind of pinpoint what's in their heads and trying to figure out what, what, what they need. What are some good strategies that you could share with the audience for being able to tap into those folks and being able to, you know, speak to them where they're, where they are um, so that they will hopefully give you responses that you can use to, to kind of make better content for them. Um, so are you talking about creating more conversation and more interaction or just getting more people to pay attention? Uh, the former getting, getting okay. people to kind of interact in that way. Yeah. Right. It's like, think about when you're talking with your friends, how do you get them to speak their mind? Sometimes you'll, and, and this is where kind of the clickbaity stuff can come in. Oh, sorry, what was that? Is it alcohol? Yeah, right. Um, Spot me bar it's coming. Like when y- you have to understand what your audience's hopes, dreams, and fears, and wants are. Hmm. And by tapping into those things, you can cultivate that audience. So my audience wants to know how to grow to grow and grow an audience. Mm. Um, so, you know, w- one of the things is, is saying like, you know, what does success look like to you or, mm. or what do you really want out of this creator journey or, or, you know, why is this important to you? Um, you're, you're creating opportunities for them to um, share their voice. Once again, audiences are selfish so how do you get them to be more selfish in the work that you're doing? Um, if you're trying to get people to connect with you in, a, in, in certain ways, you can't please everybody. You have to take a stand with something. Right. Because if you take a stand, there's going to be somebody else who doesn't have that exa- exact stand that you do and go, hey, listen, you're wrong. And now you've started a conversation, right? <laughs> or... Um, I want you to tell me something, this vulnerable part of you and people will open up and you go, yes, um, you know, or, or advice or, or any of those pieces that tap in to the selfish nature that people have and then understanding how to activate that where people respond. Um, so, you know, when, when it comes to the stuff that I put out, the, the most successful stuff that I have is where I'm really tapping into, um, not necessarily what I want, but what my audience wants mm. and, and, and not what they want from me, but what they want from the world. Huh. Um, and, and how can I lift their voices to then achieve the things that they want? Um, and same thing when you're like interacting with chat or you're interacting on Twitter or anything is is, you know, once again, you're trying to create these honeypots and moments where you get somebody to feel an emotion, you get them to feel heat where they have no choice but to respond. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about your stream and I love about your your content is that every time I pop in, I feel like I automatically am getting a tidbit that I can then use and it's actionable that I can use to kind of further what we're doing here. Um I want to talk really quick before we hit our break about your sure. journey from the stage to Twitch, because Twitch is a very, very interesting uh, platform for not only just creating content, but being able to uh, uh, kind of perform in a certain way. Right. It's like being yeah. able to, to be in your own stage, in your own in your own theater. What's the what's the kind of. um uh, uh, things that you have pulled from the stage that you feel like you're using well now in, in your Twitch broadcast? Um, it's storytelling, yeah. you know, and it, I just had somebody I was talking to today. Um, they were talking about doing an unboxing on stream mm-hmm. and they were saying, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open a box on stream <laughs> and then look at it. And I'm, 
I'm like, okay, awesome. That's great. I think it's great that you're putting out content. And, and they go, okay, how do I make this better? And I say, okay, you got to think about the journey mm. of, of me watching this, right? What is the beginning? This is how I feel about this before this moment. This is my expectations. This is what's happening. Then you get to the middle and you go, okay, this is how I'm feeling about it now. And these are my emotions. And this is, you know, what this thing does for me. And then afterwards, you're doing testing and going, this is how I feel. But notice in every single component of that, I'm talking about emotions and feelings. Hmm. That's why Apple is so good at the marketing that they did for years. And everybody finally got smart. Because when computers were first, like, marketed, it's like, all right, we got 300 megahertz <laughs> and 8 megabytes of RAM, and you're going to be screaming fast with your 28.8 pod modem. And I'm just saying numbers at you. Mm. And who cares about numbers? What really matters is what you do with the technology you have. Yeah. So, telling the story of going, I took this phone to the beach and I used a camera on there and I took an amazing photo and I will remember that photo for the rest of my life, the time I went to the beach and saw the most amazing sunset. It's the story of the sunset. It's not the story of the megapixels of the lens. Mm. And so in what I've learned, you know, through the theater and stage is that people connect with stories and they connect with emotions. Um, you know, you, you can you can argue for all intents and purposes, you can argue um, somebody else's emotions, but you can't argue with your own emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, if I say, I feel that the sun is bright and it's hot on my body and you go, well, no, it's cold out. And I go, well, that doesn't change my feelings. Yeah. But my feelings are a story that I'm telling to you. And so... And the other component about that, about the emotion and the story part, is that every emotion and story is different. And the way that you perceive something is different than somebody else. And that is the niche or the the angle that your story is going to tell. The story that you tell about people of color in the games industry and highlighting them and their experiences, that's important because it's completely unique to my experience as a as a privileged straight white man, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and so how you experience the world and those emotions, that's the story that you tell. Mm -hmm. And that's why I come to it saying, I don't want to tell the story of another, you know, white straight male gamer. I want to tell the story of how you can use storytelling to, to market your message and grow your audience. That's yeah. it, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that was beautifully said. I, I mean, and Thank I you. feel like that's one of the things that, again, like, it is the reasons why I continuously come back to your streams. I feel like every, every stream I get laughs, I get amazing production. I get, um, I'm learning about things that I care about and you have done a really great job with building a, a community that feels really welcoming and also is one that loves to info share which I think is right. super, super cool and, and, and really makes uh, what you're doing fantastic. Um, but I also think that's something to be said about the audiences that you curate yeah. is you can't try to please everyone. You want to create content that goes and gets the audience that you want. And I want people in my audience that are creators and want to make art and want to make cool stuff, but are also passionate about how do I use this storytelling to then get people involved and, and figure out how to test storytelling to get people passionate about me. And so my community, we're sharing marketing tips. We're sharing experience we've had. We're sharing successes, failures, and, and, the audiences that I've curated are passionate about those topics and want to grow in that way. Yeah. And if that's not for you, that's fine. There are millions of other audiences. What you should do is not try to serve everybody, but serve the people that you want to serve. Ooh, that, that, was, that was a perfect, perfect segue into our break. And we have so much more stuff to talk about after the break. Everybody, we're hanging out with Taylor. Marketing for creators is amazing stuff. You definitely need to be checking out their Twitch, their Twitch channel, your Twitch channel, I should say. Uh, we're going to take a quick two minute break. We'll be right back after this. 
Hey, this is Nate from the New Entertainment System Podcast, a show where we use a robot to randomize subjects, styles, and twists to design just two of the over 20 million games that the robot is capable of thinking of. A Halo dating simulator for VR headsets, a cooking mama stealth game that uses the NES zapper, anything is possible. So join me, my co-host Cam, and a guest from the games industry, games journalism industry, or games podcast scene every Monday for a new episode of the New Entertainment System Podcast. Search for it in your favorite podcast app. to the Spoiler Me Podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 310 of our show. We are hanging out with Taylor from Market Marketing for Creators, who, again, like, if you are just co- coming into the stream, you missed some dopeness that happened earlier. You missed some dope t- truth bombs and, 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 and words of wisdom that you just did not understand how to get it in. Uh, so, Taylor, uh, one of the things that I have been dying to ask you, because I'm trying to constantly figure out, and plus, because we just went through a rebrand, uh, a lot of people, we don't have our new art up yet because it's not finished, but the having gone through some of that process, it made me rethink a lot about not only just what we're doing in our podcast form, but what we're doing um, in visual format here on Twitch and saying, how can we make this something different than what we've seen before and kind of make it something fresh? Um, one of the things, again, that I was talking about earlier before the break was you have, even in the short time that you've been doing the stream, have changed your visual format and your visual aesthetic a couple of times. And it feels like every time you have, it's gotten better and better and better. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. Um, when you look at what Twitch is at right now, Twitch has been in the space for many years at this point, starting from Justin TV to, to what we have now. Are you seeing trends? Are you seeing things that you um, are really appreciative of? Or, you know, are there things that you kind of wish content creators would be doing on the platform that is, you know, not what we've seen before? Yeah, you know, this last year, TwitchCon... Eric Andre did a commercial for Twitch. Yeah. And I was like, that's a perfect analogy for what you should be doing on Twitch. Not to be like, you know, Eric Andre and trying to deliver a pizza ball. But (laughs) that is, by the way, that is very specific to me. And I (laughs) sang that song maybe for a month Uh, on loop. It was very catchy. Go look that up. Uh, A time to deliver a pizza ball. Um, (laughs) Anyway, is, is... you you got to be weird. You got to be interesting. You got to be different. You got to be, you know, if you got to think what, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to entertain? Mm. Are you trying to educate? Are you trying to create a community? First of all, what are you trying to do? And then how does that fit in emotionally? Mm. Um, if you are saying, okay, I'm going to play games on stream. There's a million people playing games on stream. What is your angle to that? What do you, what, what is it about you, about your life experience, about what you're passionate about? What do you bring to the audience on that? And you may not know. The other component is, and I come from an improv background. I've been doing improv for, oh my God, 20 years, um, <laughs> is everything that happens is a gift. Huh. And thinking about the things that, happen organically can i pull that in and build that into something else so like one stupid thing that i did years ago that was on a fluke was a character named Zebraman, and <laughs> now Zebraman is a part of the stream he's a part of youtube and he's the um low information streamer and he's the guy who's like uh, yeah, I just put on some games and just play and then people show up, right? Um, <laughs> and that's now a character. Or um, I, I spelled the word butt 
on stream and used a robot voice. And now it's one of the most favorite. It's the most. Am I using English correctly? It's my audience's <laughs> favorite thing uh, to play on my stream. And it just came out of nowhere. But you're going to build these things or you're going to come up with these mistakes that happen that are going to be great moments for you that your audience is going to like and you tap into that. But then it becomes your little collection of interesting things. Yeah. You can't be afraid of getting to that weird place because those weird things are going to make you, you, um, you know, a, a, a controversial figure, Dr. Disrespect. Mm -hmm. He's, he was a, a, a battle Royale streamer guy playing PUBG, playing Fortnite, whatever, right? Another yeah. one of those guys. What is the angle he puts on top of it? He's an eighties action hero. Right. And then people go, Oh, what's this? Right? Mm. It's something totally different than what the Lupos and the Ninjas and, um, you know, all those, uh, the Tim the Tatman are doing. It's just such a, a different take on the same thing. Right. Um, I have a lot of people come to me and, and they say, um, I'm going to integrate this type of point of view or I'm going to play these type of games with this type of thought. Uh, I'm only going to play science games and explain the science behind them. Yeah. Um, I'm only going to talk about history. You know, it's like, what is that? It's like, take vanilla and put some chocolate on it. <laughs> what are the two things that you can add together to make what is uniquely you, right? Yeah. Well, here's another one. A camera. Camera's a camera, right? Well, no. What if we put a camera on a phone? Yeah. Or what if we put a camera on a drone, right? So now you have these niching down of these audiences. And, and I think the fear is if I choose something that I can't do something else. And I think that's totally wrong because you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But the more you try and the more that you test, your audience is going to go, ah, I like that. And it's going to encourage you to go in that direction. And you'll be able to grow based on testing these different things so at the end of the day it's just like pick something and run with it and be weird don't try to be normal don't try to be cool just be you yeah yeah it's funny because i had a really um interesting marketing moment this week actually mm. um speaking towards that idea of being you so most people who listen to spawn on me they understand that we don't shy away from I wouldn't say controversial topics because I don't feel like they're controversial. They're just like from a point of view and from a prism. Um, but we see on Twitch often that there are lots of folks who have very stringent rules about what you can say and how you can say them in your chat. And some of those things have been consistent over lots of different channels. And I've seen it kind of be an under uh, a kind of fundamental thing is the unwritten rule of no, no politics in the chat. No, you know, don't speak about some of those things. Um, went into a, uh, a room of a, another streamer who we had on one of the panels this, this, this year at, at TwitchCon. Super, super good uh, uh, dude, makes really fantastic stuff. Um, and I jumped in the room to say hello, and they do what they usually do. They give an intro. They say, oh my goodness, such and such is here. Uh, you know, let's go look at their, their most viewed uh, clips. <laughs> yeah. And... Our I know where this is going. <laughs> and one of, and two of our most viewed clips. One of them is me calling out Dasha disrespect. Oh no, calling out Ninja for being racist. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, so I forgot. I can't remember now because everybody says stuff. Um, <laughs> and I think the other one was, um, it was a show with Austin Walker on it, and we were having this conversation about something race related, but it wound up ending at, or at least where he stopped the clip was where Cicero was talking about Black Lives Matter. And it was so interesting to see the instant look change, instant change in that person's demeanor uh, mm -hmm. when that conversation happened. Um, and it made me come back to the conversation about, you know, at first I felt a little bit upset and I was like, oh man, like this person has a great audience that has, you know, lots of people who I would love for us to have crossover with and be able to come through and, and share audiences and, and do content, you know, at some point. Um, but it was interesting to see how that flipped really quickly. Right. 
Mm. It wasn't negative. I just think it was not the flavor of energy that they wanted for that particular stream. Right. That's totally fine. But those are our two biggest clips. Right. So that is the first introduction that many people had gotten to us and had gotten to our channel. But it reminded me of the thing that you just shared. That is, we had to stay, we have to stay true to what we are doing here. And that not being for everyone is okay. Right. And figuring out. Yeah, go ahead. And and people will filter in to that or they will filter out. And your audience is going to self-curate when you make statements like that. And people go, that's that's what I believe in as well. I'm going to connect with that. Or you know what? Not for me. I'm not going to connect with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the question I have after that is when when folks are still trying to figure out what that niche is, what their special sauce is that they bring to the world. Um, wh- what advice do you give people who are struggling to kind of figure out what it is? I know, um, you know, you've nailed yours in in because of the uh, experiences that you had and the, the, the things you bring to the table. But it's fairly hard for people to kind of think about what that is in real ways. What do you tell people when they're looking to figure out what they should kind of push as their thing? You know, it it takes vulnerability, really, and that's <laughs> that's hard. Um, I actually made a YouTube video specifically about this. Oh snap! Um, what? I said, oh snap! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I, I think if you're looking to bring yourself to a broadcast or to a piece of content, but you don't know what yourself is, you've got Discord. You've got messenger services and you've got people you know the easiest thing you can do is say to 10 or 15 people hey what would be three words you would use to describe me without really thinking too much about it and what will happen is you know you'll collect this data and get a word cloud and and you may notice some words overlapping and i think the words that i got were like empathy um, like uh, silly and like, you know, conceptual or whatever. Yeah. And so by looking at those three things, that's what I now lean into is I'm empathetic to people's experiences and I want to spread love. I want to uh, create conceptual things so you can go and seize the world. And I want to be silly and weird, right? And so yeah. now that's kind of what my stream is about. Um, but that took the vulnerability of me going, oh yeah, people... People see me as an empathetic person and, and I, I need to choose that um, and, and embody that. Um, yeah. that's, I'd say that's the, the easiest way to go if you just want to be you. And then the next one on top of that is make a character and try to lay it on top of something else. Huh. And the other one is take a concept and then add it to something else. What do you say to the folks who will come to you? Because I... I in my early days before I had done the gamut uh, of like running through every conference that I ever could possibly have gone through. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, Taylor, I'm an introvert. I yep. don't have a lot of skills when it comes to talking to people face to face. I mean, online, nevertheless, face to face. Right. What do you tell me as that person who's like, I don't know what the first step is that I should take when it comes to me meeting someone that I want to give my business card to or tell them about myself um so you're talking specifically about networking yes specifically yeah um everybody needs something and i i i think the 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 question here is going into all these conversations and i just like to start like you know well first of all you have to take the risk to talk to somebody or meet somebody or get connected to somebody um and, and even if like, it's really easy, like if you have a friend with you or someone that, that you're with and they bring somebody else in, um, the easiest thing to do is put it all on the other person mm. and go, um, uh, hey, uh, hey, Khalif, what is something that you're, that you're working on or what is something you're, you're interested in these days or what's, what's something you're, you're liking and, and give someone space to be an extrovert while you're an introvert. Because if you're an introvert, you love, you like listening, you like absorbing, you like, you know, kind of 
allowing others to take that space. So give them the space by prompting them and say, tell me about you. What, what's interesting about you and what, what, what do you want me to know about you? Mm. Um, and then taking a step further, if you really want to network, is you start hearing those things and thinking where you can help somebody in those things. Ooh, um, I yeah. always say you have to give value to get value. So starting that of going, um, oh, yeah, you know, I really want to work on, um, you know, my camera scene. Oh, you know, I have some interesting uh, information about how to set up camera scenes. Let me help you sometime, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I love and the I, idea of, go ahead. You're going to finish that. Story. Oh, and I think I did that to you. Well, here's, and I was going to say, because <laughs> you're so damn good. I was going to say, one of the reasons that I was like super excited to, to have you on, besides the fact that I'd watched stuff before was. Sure. I I love the idea of 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 uh, reciprocity, right? Is like mm-hmm. being able to you know find people with similar energy who want to make cool stuff, who don't always um, <clears throat> come to with an ask, but come to with a an offer, right? And offers are great because then you can talk about and you can negotiate. Like, hey, I know a thing and you know a thing. You have an audience, I have an audience. We should get together and merge our audiences and figure out ways that there's space in there for everybody to to live to work and to play Mm. i feel like one of the things that i often hear is um you know those folks didn't necessarily come through on their end was there something wrong with my content or was there something wrong with my approach do you feel like there you talked about a, a a good example of how to kind of do that but when you make that second step, which is usually the coming through on the on the ask, are there any tips that you have to kind of, you know, get from that second step to whatever that third step may be, which is, you know, I want to, you know, help make content with you or I want to help share or showcase your work uh, in some right. form or fashion. Like, what are, you, what are some of the conversations that you have on that side? Um, you have to, all, first of all, you, you have to always give without expecting something. Mm. So in, in all the things that I'm doing right now is I'm just, I, I just want to give, I just want to give, I just want to give, I just want to help. And it's, it's this idea of, uh, it's the same thing in marketing is you're putting out a message yeah. and you're not going to get a hundred percent return on your investment, mm. but you may get those one, two, three pieces that change your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, follow through on that is, in in my opinion, is it's your job to chase, right? So when you meet somebody, don't give them your business card, take theirs, then you chase, right? Uh, yeah. Because um, now, like, listen, none of us want to do any work. We just want to sit on the beach and have a margarita. <laughs> if, if you take the friction away from the person and you just do the work, that's easy. I'm working on a collaboration right now. And they're like, yeah, you know, I want to do collaborations, but I just got so much going on. I said, hey, here's what I'll do. I'll write the entire video piece. I'll do the rundown. All you got to do is show up. That's it, you know? Yeah. And if they say no, ping. And and you can ping and say, hey, uh, one, of the, one of the best things you can do is say, hey, uh, just putting this to the top of your inbox. Nothing else. That's yeah. all you say. Right. Because people treat email like to do lists, which is crazy. And most common response you'll get is, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, once again, my my empathy comes through and I say, hey, I just want to follow up on that thing. We talked about, you know, me being on your show. Um, is that still something we can do? And if not, I'm totally cool. You know, Um at the end of the day, we all just want to be polite, you know, we all want to be cool people, right? Yeah. And in, in my heart, I want to give people the empathy that if they think we're not a right fit in terms of a collaboration or in terms of a networking moment, I'm fine with that. I'm going to go and try to find other people that do jive with that same way that you build an audience. Yeah. Um, so, so at the end of the day, it's like give generously and know that yes you will be taken advantage of but i'm gonna say a hundred percent in in a hundred percent of the cases that's not going to be true there are going to be those people that say hey you know uh why don't we do this or why don't we do that or uh i have this thing why don't you be part of this right it's it's like when you know you go for a job 
you apply for jobs. And for those of you who are applying for jobs, keep going. And those who aren't, welcome to the world. Um, <laughs> you got to apply to like 20, 30, 40, 50 jobs before you find the one that says yes. Um, and, and you can't give up when that one person says no. Um, you got to go find the next thing because we live in a capitalist society and you need a job. Um, so, uh, oh, I'm showing. Um, so it's, it's, it's that it's just, you gotta give and know that. And this is something that someone said to me, actually I had him on is the voice of the voice of Porky Pig. Bob Bergen said this to me once. Um, and we said it to a, a class that I was observing. Um, and I said it back to him years later and he goes, Oh, I said that. Oh, okay. Um, is he said, you have to shake 500 people's hands until you meet the one that changes your life. Mm. And that's your job. That's your job is you just go here, 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 here. And at some point, there's going to be somebody that goes, ah, yep, this is who I want to connect with. Yeah, that's fantastic. Damn, I just felt that in my, I felt my, the back of my neck. (laughs) Because my thing is like, you know, and one of the reasons why I love what you do and like I was, again, like super excited to to chat and, and you know, to work and collab with you is like, yeah, I'm seeking out people with good energy, mm. but I'm seeking out people who like really have done the work and also are humble about it, which is great. Yeah. Like humid- humility will take you really far. People forget that that's a thing that people, you know, lack nowadays because we kind of have a very different um, space in which content gets made. And it's very me centered, which, again, like lots of content is me centered, but it's me a lot (laughs) centered. Right. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's something in that of of aspiration and status is that you go, okay, uh, uh, you can edit this out if you want. It's like, oh, yes, please step on me, daddy. Yes, (laughs) please. Right. And. Um, that works for some audiences. For me, you know, I, I, I came from in the entertainment industry where a lot of people had that uptight feeling and I never liked that. Yeah. And so, th- there are people out there in the world who are creating content who are going to be like, oh, I'm so great. Oh my God, look at this party I'm at. Let's selfie. Um, and if you're into that, more power to you. For yeah. me, I need so much to be real, be down to earth, and and um, know that I may see no success and I may see incredible success, but the person that I am inside is the same all the way through. Yeah, yeah. What is what is the and because I don't want you to give all your secrets away because you you sure. you, you want people to come by the stream and and then you can yeah. give them away there, but. Mm. What's one of the things that you feel like over the years has been your your go to thing that you've been able to kind of pull out of your pocket, either when you felt like you you maybe are, you know, not in the right space, you know, emotionally or 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 in a space where you're like feeling unsure of yourself that kind of helps you get to that next step that you're able to kind of get through towards the next part of your goal? Um, don't steal. Mm. But, but, but great artists steal. So I think everything that I've done artistically, I've taken from someone else. Yeah. And, and not, and not in a malicious way, but in a way that moves me in a direction. I'm not going to, you know, look at your art and build the same exact thing and say, you made this? No, I made this. I'm going to go, you know, the way that you speak and the way that your audio sounds, Khalif, is really interesting. I want to do something similar to that. Or I like the way you have like chrome on your frames. I'm not going to do the exact same setup, but maybe I'll add a little chrome to my setup, right? And so, you, you start building this collage of things that then becomes yours and uniquely yours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one part. And the second part is, um, I, so I used to sing professionally, obviously. And a lot of people say, hey, don't try and sound like this other person. And huh. 
my experience has been, yes, I want you to sound like this other person because what's going to happen is after a few months, you're going to take that and build on top of it. And it's going to be a game of telephone to where you start building your own style that has this root in, like, I grew up on funk music and... 80s, you know, Billy Ocean and, and Hall and & Oates. And, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the stuff that musically drives me is built on top of that. Does it sound similar? Yes. Is it the exact same thing? Absolutely not. But it's an evolution of what that is. So, one of my big secrets is I go to the Envato Marketplace or I go to Dribble uh, with three Bs and I just look at stuff and I go, huh, it's, it's the same thing of like going to a museum. Because mm-hmm. you look at stuff and you go, huh, interesting. Oh, you're, you're something really stupid. So when I was in high school, I was in an in-sync dance cover band. Yes. And, and I was choreographing a piece and I just didn't know what to do for this middle part. And I went to a museum and I was like, the way that body is, oh, that's interesting. I just took that and put it in my piece, right? And so, it's just an evolution of that next thing. Go look at the people you love and emulate them and then build on top of them so that you become, you know, an, an, an evolution of that. It, that that's, that's, that's my secret is just, just steal stuff and then grow on top of it. Oh God! God knows that Spawn of Me is a, an amalgam of multiple different shows over the years and things that I thought people got right and got wrong, uh, and then I kind of wanted to figure out ways that we could twist it and make it different. So yeah, that's like absolutely rock with that. That means that means that means it, it's working in a lot of different ways. Or watch that YouTube video. Everything is a remix. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody is building on top of everything. Oh yeah. Every story was told in Greek. Uh, Greek. Um. Uh, um drama mm-hmm. shakespeare gets lifted all the time uh we have all these things and stories that we build on top of that we make uniquely yours don't do cultural appropriation no but <laughs> um just just build on top of these cre- on on top of these amazing creators and and make it truly yours. And then if someone gets mad at you, you just use the hip hop example and say, I sampled. I just used eight seconds. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you in court. Yeah, I just used eight seconds. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, before we let you go, I want to talk yeah. a little bit of gaming stuff because we didn't really talk a lot about gaming this week. Yeah. Um, what are you playing right now? What kind of things are you digging into? What kind of things are you enjoying in the game space? Uh, because I know you're just not, you know, on the roof singing and making right. beautiful songs. <laughs> all the time so you must be playing something what are you what are you rocking so i think the two things i can talk about one is i'm back into destiny um i fell off of destiny and this new shadow keep thing they're doing you know i i think the really great thing about destiny lately is they're just continuing to iterate and play and figure it out and it's got the I think the best mechanical shooting of any game out there. Oh yeah. Um, and that's what I really enjoy on there. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that, but jumping into apex here and there, even though I'm terrible, terrible, terrible at it. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I, I think the most fascinating thing right now is, uh, what do I got here? I'll pull it up right here is, um, Apple arcade is mm. like this new platform is, fascinating of how they're kind of bringing indies and art back into the mainstream is that um mobile got so much into the gotcha not not gotcha (laughs) but the gotcha like the the japanese toy i think it's japanese toy um world and so everything became microtransactions and everything and and these are just games pure games yeah and there's a lot of really great, interesting things on there. But the one of the most interesting parts, and, and I don't know how much they're going to lean into this, is that it now connects with standard Xbox and PS4 controllers. Mm. So that if you got an Apple TV and you got Apple Arcade, you can play these indie games now kind of anywhere. And 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 I, I want to get your take on this. Is, is I, yeah. I have a fear. Is that the industry is all moving towards what Spotify and iTunes and everything is this all you can eat type of thing. Yep. Um, and does that change the way we digest games? Cause you have Stadia happening, mm-hmm. you have the X cloud happening, 
you have uh, PlayStation, whatever they got. Yep. Um, you know, there's other people doing other things that are like cloud-based or subscription-based, Android. It's, you know, wh- what do you think is going to happen with indie creators or, or just games in general once we have access to everything all the time? I mean, the, the biggest uh, worry and fear that I hear behind the scenes and, you know, on social media is they haven't figured out the way the marketplace is supposed to work yet. And you have folks who are on one hand worried about the loss of physical media in a way to archive that stuff and to be able to kind of always have it because once the server goes down, what happens to the things that I purchased kind of conversation. But it also um, on the other side of that fence, creators are worried because they're like, well, then you can kind of just like in perpetuity sell my stuff. And then at some point you can cut me out of some of that process um and what does that look like for the folks who are creators because you're basically like cutting out just to a certain extent especially if you're indie you're cutting out the publisher part of it right who can usually kind of give you some some clearance on that side of the fence it's going to be really weird for the next five to ten years because as much as i am super excited about the cloud because i want everything everywhere that i go like i'm really excited at the prospect of having full on destiny on my phone or my iPad or whatever I was you playing. You never I, have to leave. You never have to leave anywhere. <laughs> um, I mean, gosh, I was playing, you know, death stranding on my phone the other, the other night. Mm. Um, you know, that was, that was a flex, but it, it was, why did you do you have pre-release? I, yeah, I have a copy. Um, yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, that game isn't out yet. It's not out for another three weeks. I'm I'm, I'm reviewing oh, it for the, okay. I'm reviewing it for the Hollywood Reporter, but I can't say anything oh, else. Um, okay. Besides that, um, and it is again like being able to play a thing in any format that I want and everywhere is really exciting, and I want that to be a thing. But again, like who knows how that gets cut out if you no longer have licensing for certain things or. You know, what happens with DLC in the way that we are used to it in in certain ways. So it's going to be a really, you know, weird couple of years until everything kind of evens out. People who are in the in the space either, you know, get canceled out of the space because the stuff doesn't work or, you know, the industry might not be ready for it in terms of the consumer base. They may not just be ready for that particular thing. There are still folks out here who, you know, just buy the one game a year and that's it. So again, like in that gaming bubble that we are in, in terms of being, you know, uh, uh, super users. Yeah. Yeah. Tap in and super users. Right. There is still a huge segment of the world that does not consume the games in those same ways that we do. So, um, I mean, there's also a huge contingent of people who are really sad that they can't resell their games Mm -hmm. to get new games. Mm -hmm. And that's changing. Um, you know, it's, it's, Steam was this amazing thing that created convenience. Like you're the great thing about Steam is people hated it at first. People forget about that. Oh yeah, they hated um, it a bunch. Yeah, it was like it was like, oh, they're gonna get you, right? Uh-huh. But they added so much convenience that people kind of were like, Oh, all right, I'll take the convenience. Yeah. So the question is, I think on on the on the the left hand and the right hand is how much convenience are you willing to trade for control? of the media you want and to support the people that you like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the huge part of the the conversation. It's going to be where a lot of that conversation happens. And again, like, you know, uh, PlayStation now was a thing that was not great for a long time. Yeah. It's now in its, uh, you know, remote play, I should say, I don't think PlayStation right. now is doing well. Um, remote play was a hard thing to do. And now it runs really, really well. Stadia mm. of all the companies who have the prospects of doing a cloud-based service with them having data centers everywhere across the country and around the world. If there's someone who's going to get it right, it might be them. They might not get it right out the gate. But if you right. give them two years, you give them three years, they may be the go-to place to be able to do all that stuff. Um, so lots of things coming down the pipe in terms of that. Um, it'll be really fun to see again, like we live in great times. You know, we we're we're having we're having this fight about access to to video games in the cloud. Like, isn't that just nuts? Even even in that respect, on live tried to do it like ten years ago and they failed. Yep. 
And then Gaikai was was now what is PlayStation uh, now. Yep. Um, but it's like we're still trying to do that. Remember the Sega Channel? Yeah. The Sega Channel tried to do it, and we've been they've been constantly trying to do this thing. Yep. Um, and and part of me goes, are we making games more accessible people so they don't have to have the hardware buy-in? And maybe that's better. Yeah. I think once you do, once you once you have made it a flat conversation, yep. there are no more platforms. Dennis Dyack famously had the, <laughs> wow. you know the Pull one that out. Yeah. the the one console future, um, and mm-hmm. everybody laughed at him, and they continue to laugh at him for that sentiment. But I tell people all the time, like he's kind of on point. He was kind of on point then, and he's kind of on point now, where we see it moving into that space where it's no longer the one console; it's the one cloud being that one thing. Um, right. But now we'll have multiple clouds, so we'll all have rain for it for, for days for everybody. Well, remember now, uh, sorry, remember is like when you had cable, you got like, you know, six, seven, eight, 20, 100 channels. Yeah. Got to get it in the bundle. Now we've got Netflix, HBO Go, Stadia, xCloud. Hey, maybe get into the bundle. It's like we're back to cable again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's again, it's the Wild West. The Wild West is, has returned in, in lots of different ways. But now the Wild West is the end of a, a, a Cat 5 cable. Uh, that's instead, right exactly. instead of a whip um we have run out of time for this episode uh if you are hanging out here uh on twitch i want you to stick around we're going to keep taylor around for a couple more minutes if you're listening in podcast land if you're listening in x in x-ray land uh we are gonna let him go for now but we will definitely see if we can snag him to come back on our show uh before we let you go taylor you please tell everyone where they can find your amazing work and where they can check out your stuff. Taylor is here on everything. Twitter.com slash Taylor is here. Twitch.tv slash Taylor is here. Uh, YouTube.com slash Taylor is here. That's where all my marketing for creators live. I've got marketingforcreators.co. That's where you can sign up for my newsletter. I share stories and tips and resources that you might not see on my normal channels. It's an exclusive club. Um, but yeah, it was a great show and I'd love to be back. Yeah, you killed it. You did a fantastic job, which I knew would be the case anyway. Why, thank you. I knew that would be what's happening. Um, Again, if you have uh, questions in the chat, please hold off for a couple of seconds until we switch over. But again, everybody in Burkago, thank you so very much for hanging out with us this week and every week for the Spawn Me podcast. We have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, uh, and coming down the pipe uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. So make sure you subscribe to all of our things and, and make sure that you are checking out all the stuff that we're doing on all the parts of the internet is where our, our, our stuff lives. You know, that guy, that guy, what's his name? The guy who made the internet. Al Gore. Oh, on no. Al, on Al Gore's internet. That guy. So we'll see you all next I week. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Much love and peace. The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say... Peace.